0: Get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood curtain, it's time for. Suck Tash! Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy. Soundcasts. And here's your host from up the coast, practically unknown outside of comedy soundcasting, Comedy Soundcast Soundcaster, Tyson yeah. Sainter! Yeah.
1: Saluton to all of you, faithful Suckatash listeners, second timers, and people just trying out the podcast app on their phone. Is it Google Play? Spotify? Some other thing? However, you listen, I'm grateful to you for it. I'm Tyson Sainer, and I'll be your host for this clips episode of Suckatash, the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast. I've assembled clips from a few soundcasts I've enjoyed recently, including Bad Science, In Poor Taste, Vinyl Emergency, Welcome to Television, Defunct Plan, and This Sounds Serious. We've also got a single shot of Raging Moderate Will Durst's First to Durst segment and a classic Anderson's Pants advertisement. Ready? Let's dig in. Leading the pack tonight, Bad Science by Seeker, hosted by Ethan Edenberg. Now the iTunes description of this show reads, Each week we pair a comedian with a scientist to break down the scientifically inaccurate elements of popular movies and TV shows. Warning, there will be spoilers. Sounds good to me. Here's a clip from Episode 2, Back to the Future, with Doug Benson, released May 8, 2018, whose description reads, Calling all time travelers. In this episode, Ethan sits down with comedian Doug Benson, from Doug Loves Movies, Getting Doug with High, Super High Me, and physicist Robert Hurt, from IPAC, and string theorist Christoph Ullman, from UCLA, to discuss the beloved film Back to the Future. We learn about wormholes, electricity, time travel, and a whole lot more. There's also contact info, which I will share after the clip. Roll clip.
2: Um, So I want to play a clip here. We have a segment called Carl Say Again. Carl Say Again? Um, so in, in a lot of these sci-fi films There's a lot of jargon There's always a part where the scientist is just spewing off Some crap that nobody really understands um, So here's the clip that I found From Back to the Future And then hopefully you guys can help us break it down
3: uh, Marty, here's what we gotta do uh. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this, is, uh, this is heavy duty, Doc This is great uh, Does it run like on, on regular, unleaded gasoline? Unfortunately, no It requires something with a little more kick Plutonium. Uh, plutonium. Wait a minute. Are you you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Hey, 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 keep rolling. Keep rolling there. No, 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 no. This sucker's electrical. But I need a nuclear reaction to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity I need. Doc, you don't just walk into a store and and buy plutonium.
2: All right. So, first of all, (laughs) so fantastic. Uh, Just a really entertaining way to get that information out there. Um, so secondly, they're talking about plutonium. Plutonium, uh, all honesty, is something I know absolutely nothing about. Totally zero. Uh, I don't know how much you guys know. Um, it, but it's probably safer to not know too much about it if oh. you're not trained. Okay, great. So yeah, not trained. And also you'd be getting it from really bad people. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's true. I'd have to steal it from nationalists. Um, so A, how much – power is that, 1.21 gigawatts, or gigawatts if you prefer. Well, yeah, for just just right up, since you played the quote, right, I mm-hmm. personally don't know of
5: a single scientist who says gigawatts any right. more than you talk about how many gigabytes are in your computer. So, <laughs> okay. That, and that, that's true all the way back to when that movie first came out, and I sat there, I'm like, gigawatts?
2: Yeah, really? I, I heard, I don't know if this is uh, true, but I did, uh, in, in some of my research, find out that when... Uh, Zemeckis and and Bob Gale, the writers of the film, were researching uh, some science crap. They saw some foreign scientist talking about gigawatts, and he was saying it wrong because he didn't really know English, and so they thought that's how you properly say
4: ah, it. Ah, that's it.
2: So that's kind of interesting. Um, but, so anyways, how much power is that, A, and B... Uh, is that really what plutonium looks like, acts like? Because I also noticed, I don't know if this is true or if it was for a dramatic effect, but they had it in one of the, it's like a, it's like a capsule. It's like red liquid surrounded by clear liquid. And then the red liquid like disappears. So I just had no idea if that was accurate or not. Wow, there's a lot to unpack in this. Okay, okay, <laughs> take your time. Well, let's take the low
5: hanging fruit. I, I, I am not we'll aware. be over here. <laughs> I'll be hanging out, drinking coffee. I'm definitely not aware of any form of plutonium where it can be turned into a liquid suspension. It's a plutonium mm. is a very, very dense metal, and I, oh. uh, I. What you would have to do to somehow liquefy plutonium into a, 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 a transparent uh, fluid—that's—that's uh, that's probably the, the bigger sci-fi element of the movie than than time Whoa. travel. Uh, it would be my spin on it. But so okay. it's like
6: movie plutonium. Like this, when you're watching the movie, you're just like, oh, that's just a silly prop that they decide to make. They decide to make it look like that.
5: Yeah. Uh, th- th- there is some motivation, um, at least. Conceptually, to have it in a, a, a fluid surrounded container, right? Because you know, you you look at nuclear power plants you use heavy water to stabilize the nuclear reactions. You drop the fuel rods. Right? I, I've okay. actually stood over a nuclear reactor once, at a, a university, a small reactor, and you could look down and you could see a glow, a blue glow, in the water around mm. the, uh, the the control rods because um, the water actually can slow down the neutrons. It, it, it's a way of protecting yourself from uh, neutron radiation. Whoa! So, uh, however, I think you need to have more than, you know, like a couple inches of it around the plutonium I mean, to be an effective protection okay, but against
2: the radiation. Still but. somewhat realistic, I guess, is what you're saying, yeah. that there is some validity to... Uh, it's, yeah, a little conceptual uh, validity to that idea. It's a little head, you know, a, a hat tip... Uh, I, think, towards science.
5: I think the harder part of all that uh, uh, scene is to try to justify how you can build an actual nuclear reactor that will take the heat from the plutonium. I mean, basically, a nuclear reactor is just a really giant fancy way of taking a uh, heat source, which is the, the radioactive decay from the uranium, you know, usually creating the plutonium as a byproduct. I mean, uranium is usually what used to power the plant and the plutonium is the byproduct used to make things go. OK, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, it's basically you're using that to boil water, to generate steam, and then just run old fashioned turbines just like you get in a dam or, or, or a coal fired power plant. It's really the, the uranium uh, is just the, the source of heat, and you still have to run it through a mechanism that generates steam. And then now you're back to, you know, like, you know, 1800s, 1700s technologies in order to uh, to actually generate the power at that point. So, so he's somehow made a really nice tight, little, efficient power generator that can create, you know, gigawatts of power in, in, you know, like something the size of a bread box with or without the plutonium
2: as a power source. It's very impressive, and I love how you said gigawatts. (laughs) I know. Well, honestly, <laughs> we are talking back to the future.
5: so That's true.
2: Well, Doug, you have some? To...
4: Jigga what?
2: <laughs> I
5: knew it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, okay, so this – this... How have I never thought of that in all the years since I saw that movie? <laughs> oh. I think I Bonus saw it somewhere, points. yeah. Bonus
1: points. You can send the show an email at seeker.com and find more information about Doug Benson at douglovesmovies.com. Now, if you click the podcast website link on Bad Science's iTunes page, you'll be taken to Seeker.com, which is filled with science content with a great assortment of articles and striking images, but no apparent link back to Bad Science the Soundcast. So if you want to listen to it, you can find them on Podtail and PlayerFM FM, as well as the aforementioned iTunes. And you can contact host Ethan Edenberg on Twitter at RoboEthan, It's at R-O-B-O-E-T-H-A-N, and the band The Cooties, of which he is one-third, on Twitter at T-H-E underscore C-O-O-T-I-E-S. Coming in at number two tonight, In Poor Taste from Podsburg.com. So In Poor Taste has a Facebook page where the show's description reads, In Poor Taste is a comedy podcast based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with your intrepid hosts Eric Driscoll and Sean Kendall. Join us each week for distaste. And on iTunes, the show is further described this way. Eric and Sean meet twice a month in a pod floating down the Monongahela River to record Distaste for one person to listen to. Will they get sued, canceled, and generally assaulted? Yes. 25 minutes of goofs, 5 minutes of commercials, 25 minutes of goofs. We have recurring characters, sketches, segments, and guests. Also, new things happen. It's a podcast. They've been posting shows since December of 2014 and are closing in on 100 episodes. This clip is from episode 96 from April 27th. 2018
7: you want to talk about nostalgia now that a fanny pack takes it back oh god I yo, don't... yo 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 i'm gonna take it back with the fanny pack okay continue and then i'm gonna hit a rack of ribs <laughs> down on my nut sack <laughs> how many acts and get back attack <laughs> we're not wicky, ri- wicky. <laughs> we're not arriving here did we're you throw in wa- fat stacks
8: oh my god did you you, you, you won another rap battle <laughs> It's Amazing. Well, in that case, I'm just gonna crack a victory tea. Okay, Eric is drinking alcohol at 12 o'clock, which technically, physically, it's only 11 for us right now because yes, we are. What is this? The uh, fucking t- daylight Davings chimes. <laughs> He's drunk. <laughs> I'm, I've been drinking. I didn't go to bed. I figured I'm losing an hour. I'm losing eight then. So yeah,
7: it's the end of daylight savings time today. The End of Daylight Savings Time for the only listener. The only listener. The only listener.
8: So, set your clocks back an hour, folks, because we just lost one. And don't forget to drink beer at 12 o'clock in the ha- afternoon.
7: And if you haven't set your clock back an hour, you're late. You've been late for two weeks out, or maybe three, depending on how long it takes for this episode to get out.
8: That's true. That's true. If this is why you're setting your clock back an hour, your life has been fucked for a while.
7: Yeah, you probably don't have a job. If you're wondering why you lost your job, yeah, I know why. Um, that's why because you've been an hour late for mm-hmm. three weeks. Yeah, dumbass. Um, your kid hates you now because you forgot or you were an hour late picking them up from school for for three weeks straight.
8: Yeah. Um. You your your wife is now filing for divorce for like totally neglecting your kid because.
7: Well, that and it took you an extra hour to make her come. She can't. You know, she doesn't have she, time. She, that she doesn't have that extra times, hour. She her times lips.
8: her orgasms to the clock.
7: Yes. Wow. She has a very I don't know tight if that's schedule. Convenient. And or... if you run an hour over, it's it. If you don't have her coming in an hour. Yeah, that's she's gone. She's out. She's door. got a tight schedule. Oh yeah, she does. Yeah, I know what you're saying. She, she got a real tight schedule. See what you did there. You there. Know what I'm
8: saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she got to come right at five o'clock, oh, oh, yeah. which is really inconvenient because that's like right when she's finishing up work. Oh god, was... Can you imagine! <laughs> it's five o'clock. She's coming. Like everyone else, is like, all right, Susan. See you tomorrow. That is really inappropriate. <laughs> five
7: o'clock somewhere
8: oh god well, gives she... you a
7: whole new meaning to that well, song then she
8: could song yeah there's a song
7: there's a co- oh it's shitty
8: country song oh well there's a shitty country song that's called every short phrase that's ever been uttered <laughs> <laughs> my dog died <laughs>
7: yeah exactly oh so this is
8: the uh daylight savings time uh, episode extravaganza yeah here we are an hour later than normal and physically the exact same time so figure that one out woo it is 12.06pm and also 11.06am according to our bodies
7: we've lost an hour of sleep no I, no, I mean we, no we pushed it back we pushed it back okay, we had to push an back hour, to start so... to
8: 11 but it's still 10 technically physically our bodies think so yeah I agree with my body I don't know about you <laughs> Sometimes I'm body positive. There is sometimes that I don't agree with it. You have to yes and your body, Eric. <laughs> yes and life is the ultimate improv. Mm, I like that. What is that mm.
7: a? Uh, is that um,
8: i I'm Buddhist. I think some... it was uh, the famous Buddhist monk. Yes and I just mentioned his name. God, my brain is failing me. Matt Besser. Ah, uh, did... f- hang on. Let me come back at that again. <laughs> the famous Buddhist monk, Matt Besser. And then I'm going to edit in your laugh after that. And then here we go.
7: <laughs> you know, Give me an extra one. Yeah,
8: thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, he... he uh, I didn't know he, he was a monk. A, life, life is one large improv uh, scene. Ah, uh, cool. Long form, specifically.
1: You can visit what appears to be the show's main site at www.podsburg.com. Forward slash in Taste. And after noting the credit given to their producer, J-Pro, you can click episodes at the bottom of the page for their episode archive. Or you can find them on Stitcher or Blair.fm. And you can follow the show on Twitter at InPortastePod. That's I-N-P-O-R-T-A-S-T-P-O-D. It's time for our burst of durst for the show. This one is called The Birthday Boy, in which our intrepid correspondent lights some candles and offers up a few gift remarks.
3: Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the continuing investigation by Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller. And those words are, Happy Birthday, baby! You are now one whole year old. Who's the big boy? You're the big boy. Yes, you are. The proper gift for a first anniversary is supposed to be paper. But you probably don't need any more of that, considering the file cabinet's full of documents you've already collected and stashed in humidity-controlled warehouses all over the leaky swamp that is Washington. The modern alternative is a clock, but neither can that be one of your priorities, as half the civilized world is reminding you how late it is while pointing at their watches trying to encourage a modicum of alacrity. But hang on, folks. There is no timetable for justice. This could be the first at bat in an extra inning game. Thus far, 19 people and three companies have been charged with crimes, including a national security adviser, 13 Russians, a couple of aides, the son-in-law of a Russian billionaire, and the president's former campaign manager. And five guilty pleas have already been entered, and the chances that some people are talking their heads off is about equal to that of finding seagulls in a dumpster behind a fish cannery. The president and his designated barky dog, Rudy Giuliani, both say it's time to wrap things up, but many of us won't be happy until someone in the Trump administration is photographed with a trench coat draped over their handcuffs as their perp walked into federal custody, and you're just the guy to do it. So happy birthday, Robert Mueller's investigation, and many more. Who wants cake? For Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst.
1: You can visit Will Durst on his Facebook fan page, and you can visit him at willdurst.com. You can email him at d-u-r-s-t dot w-i-l-l at yahoo.com. And you can reach him on Twitter at willdurst, w-i-l-l-d-u-r-s-t. Next up, Vinyl Emergency, from Jim Henke. Here's a soundcast that is not a comedy soundcast, but touches on a subject I can relate to, due to my earliest experiences with comedy being delivered to my ears through the medium of vinyl records. There is a comedy section of Vinyl for Rent from People's Records here in Arcata, and it's where I first discovered the joys of Firesign Theater and Dr. Demento compilation albums. But back to Vinyl Emergency. Now, the description on iTunes reads, Vinyl Emergency explores the thrill of records and music in general, whether examining the recent vinyl resurgence or recalling the first albums that changed our lives. Guests range from musicians and industry folks to avid record collectors and close friends, all with captivating personal stories involving vinyl. Host Jim Hankey is a frequent guest vinyl consultant on Chicago's WGN 720 AM and has been a freelance contributor to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, ModernVinyl.com, Sock Monkey Sound, and various other media outlets since 1994. If you go to www.vinylemergency.com and read their About section, there's even more details about this soundcast. It reads, Since January 2016, Vinyl Emergency has explored the thrill of records and music in general, whether discussing the recent vinyl resurgence, white whale rarities, and colored LP variants, or recalling the first albums that changed our lives. Host Jim Henke speaks with everyday collectors to those who produce, engineer, or cut music to lacquer, as well as to artists, actors, comedians, and close friends, all with captivating personal stories involving vinyl. Guests have included Roseanne Cash, Dave Porter from Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, Ben Tench of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Creed Bratton of The Office and the Grassroots, Brian Snack of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert and Conan, Lydia Lovelace, Ted Leo, Autumn Wilde, Strand of Oaks, Lily Hyatt, Matthew Sweet, Jimmy Pardo, David Bazan, The Secret Sisters, into it, over it, and many more. This clip is from episode 61, where Mr. Henke interviews speech of the musical group Arrested Development, published on January 22nd of 2017.
6: Walk me through the process of getting vinyl records pressed then, obviously, with the resurgence. Yeah. There's still, you know, there's new plants coming. There's new record stores popping up, you know, which is great. But at that time, I mean, the, the waiting process must have been a lot shorter. But what was it like to kind of get those records, you know, in like you are on a vinyl record, you are now on this medium that you consumed music, you know, through. Yeah. Uh, what did that mean to you, and kind of what was the process that you and your parents went through to 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 get those pressed?
9: It was literally everything for us. I mean, in those days, making music the process the process of it was so magical, and so we would record at various studios, um, one of them being a studio called Tracks Thirty Two. That was, gosh, I, I know it was a little further out, but it was in Milwaukee pretty much, or a little outside of Milwaukee. And we would record there. And the first record we ever released was, they had a a little record company, I guess, and they signed us to it. It wasn't anything past that one release, but they had a record company called Rainbow Records. And they were the ones that initially, our very first release they pressed up for us and we released it. And then our second release with my group attack was a, a single, well, it was a four song single um, or EP maybe. And it had a song called my car and that song or that little EP we did ourselves. And we met a man out of Detroit who actually was quite famous named Juan Atkins who did electronic type of music. And he did a really huge song, um, produced a song called Clear back in the days. And um, because we didn't know where else we could get new, uh, records pressed, he would then press our second record for us. But then all the records after that, we would record in Tracks 32 studio. And then after that we would, um, and I forget the name of the company now, But, yes, we would get it pressed up, and I mean, mastered and pressed up. And um, it was an amazing journey. I mean, just an amazing process. And, I don't know, just there wasn't instant gratification like there is today with Pro Tools and producing the way we produce and being able to release it on the Internet the moment you finish it. Right. So, you know, you had to wait. But you're right, not nearly as long as you would have to wait today. Um, which which is months now, but yeah. Back then, I don't know, it might have if I can remember correctly, it might have been two to three weeks or four weeks tops or something sure. like that. Which yeah. is
6: which really is nothing comparatively exactly. now. Exactly.
9: yeah, it's almost a year, you know. To, to yeah, get a, totally to get a record back to you.
6: You know, these groups that you worked with as well as attack, when if you guys were doing shows, were those at like parks or how were you guys actually performing when you were that young to kind of build an audience and stuff?
9: You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I don't know the legalities of it but somehow or another we were performing at clubs that probably don't exist now, but a <laughs> club called Papagayo's used to exist back then. We performed there. We would perform at like UWM, the ballroom. Yeah. We would perform at of course Saint Agnes's gym. Um obviously some basement parties of just various students and their parents would let us have their house. VFW, some of these things of course I don't even know if they exist anymore. But we would perform at a place called the Palace, which was a, a roller skating rink back in those times. So it was fun, though. We had Milwaukee was, um, ironically, a really sort of it was like an oyster just waiting for us to pick the pearls. I mean, there's so many great places, and it wasn't being used in the way that we were using it. So it was just um, just pretty much a wide open place. All, you know, it's like a virgin territory. For yeah, us. yeah. And uh, we really took advantage of so many little venues and halls. And, and uh, some of them I'm forgetting now, obviously, that's 40 years ago. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Not 40 years ago. But, uh, <laughs> 35, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, ago. yeah. Well, you know, and there's
6: so much tied between like, I went to several shows, I guess, that you would consider Punk rock kind of shows and everything yeah. like that at at, at Shorewood, Le- you know, Shorewood Legion Hall would be one.
9: Legion Hall, yeah. Is there a place called Shank Hall still or something like that?
6: Shank Hall, yeah, Shank, Shank Hall, Hall still yeah. exists. Shank Hall. Yep, yep. Gosh, there was a thriving for a while. There was a really curiously thriving ska scene. For
9: I remember a while those
6: days, like the, like the Pacers, the Invaders, um, yeah. Little Blue Crunchy Things, bands like that. Um, so I remember that kind of stuff, but it's just really interesting when you've got th- such varied styles of music hip-hop and the stuff that you guys were doing but then you know, on the other side you've got kids who are into punk rock setting up the same shows but everybody just wants a place to play and make and to make it feel legit exactly you know and not like um you know you can't always play in somebody's basement those are always great but um, exactly right yeah. you know and if you'd like to hear more
1: you can listen to them on stitcher itunes spotify hey we're on that player fm and soundcloud and you can go to www.vinylemergency.com That's V-I-N-Y-L-E-M-E-R-G-E-N-C-Y dot com. Alrighty, coming in at number four, we've got Welcome to Television from The Angry Chimp. Longtime listeners of Succotash may recall the soundcast known as The Angry Chimp. We played a clip of them back on episode 84 of Succotash. Episode 84, as you may recall, featured original Suckatash host, now executive producer, Mark Hirshon, clips of about six soundcasts, and an interview with Greg Fitzsimmons. Welcome to Television is a different sort of soundcast to The Angry Chimp, and its iTunes description sums it up this way. Have you ever been watching TV and thought, I wonder what three idiots think of this? Well, you're in luck. Stu, Mick, and Monty take a look at what is happening in TV in Australia, and then they speak about that look, hopefully in an entertaining and informative way, but more likely in a way that makes you say, these guys have a show? The first episode of Welcome to Television debuted on iTunes on April 20th, 2018. This clip is from their second episode, Ramjets Pingas, published on April twenty sixth of twenty
10: eighteen. I tended to watch a lot of uh, kind of British stuff when I was young, like Blackadders, yeah, that
7: kind of yeah. thing.
4: Um,
10: young ones, young ones, yeah. a lot of young
7: ones, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. men
4: behaving badly, yeah, 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 a lot of that kind of
10: stuff. Um, Monty Python, even obviously reruns. Yeah. I'm not that old, but you yeah. know, um, lovely, yeah, and then. Um, what about Aussie
4: stuff? Did you watch much Aussie stuff as, uh, as a kid? What about Round the Twist?
8: Oh, oh yes, Round the Twist
4: was great. Yeah, um, Round the Twist was one of the best. That's what I was thinking of that. I wrote down some shows, and Round the Twist was one of them. Another one of them was that. I think we're of similar age. We can relate to that. That kind of ABC afternoon block. You get home, you watch Round the Twist. I remember watching a very early series of Degrassi Junior High oh, yeah. a lot of yeah. that pre-Drake Degrassi Junior High that yeah. was that was you know taught me all about the world the kids <laughs> were going to buy condoms and yeah. stuff like that Caitlin's a lesbian yeah exactly <laughs> one of them got killed in a car crash I think or maybe a boat crash I, I, I don't remember um, but for Australian I was thinking and I watched an episode of this the other day holds up Heartbreak High oh yeah oh, Heartbreak right. High Jurassic Jurassic yeah. Jurassic great news <laughs> with a bit of uh, back in the day? Yeah. Captain Planet, I know it's not Australian, yeah, but... Uh, Widget, uh, yeah, Widget, Widget the World Watcher. Um, and, uh, of course, Banana Man and his lesser-known... Buddy Appleman who sucked a bit Yeah. Super Ted Super Roger S- Ramjet Roger Ramjet see this is all that ABC block I was yeah. talking about this is what it wasn't parents couldn't brother, get away son. with that these days though he'd take an energy pill and oh, get protein. Protein. Oh, yeah. yeah. Projohn pills he was on them yeah yeah Zooming all over the job <laughs> but he'd air quotes there too yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You <laughs> can't do it. it's hard Roger 8. Ramjet's pingers Yeah, on the windings. Um, No, I think that's a deep vein of good television there. Uh, Also, um, Captain Planet, as you mentioned, that was great. I think they're remaking that as well. I think that's it. Yeah, shit was Heart. I was going to say, what's the point of Heart? Yeah, Heart sucks. Um, Also, uh, Bangers and Mash. Bangers and Mash. Bangers (laughs) and Mash. Um, Trapdoor. Yeah, Count tra- can- Dracula. What, oh, what about what about some kids' game shows? Were there any game shows? Amazing. Amazing. Oh. What, how old are you again? No, I think that was when yeah. you were 20. No, no. <laughs> you just had a really late upbringing of television. <laughs> um, what was that one where you had to do all these tasks? You had to get these keys from going through, a like, a maze? Uh, amazing. Ma- yeah, but that's, that's probably what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm that's bizarre so what do you think of the fact that
10: you know you you guys sounded really excited to be talking about those shows then what well, the kids are today they're just not gonna have that same kind of experience where they have all have a communal kind of thing that they can bond over and a shared experience because you know obviously back in our day there were five channels yeah. And you didn't really see anything yeah. outside of that.
4: It's a different world now, man. I think they're all watching on, you know, Netflix, on demand. They watch what they want to watch. Kids, I reckon, watch yeah. what they want to watch when they watch. And, you know, I don't know, it, it's a jaded, old, curmudgeonly view, but I think childhood is shortening and you're watching more adult things at a younger age. But maybe not, I don't know.
10: Yeah, well, particularly on Netflix, when if you have a shared account in your house, the kids just need to kind of flick it to the left... Yeah. Go on the adult section and that wasn't very hard. No. <laughs> no.
4: No. I walked in to my six year old watching After Porn. Really? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but still, he hey, could. He could. That's <laughs> the thing. He could. Yeah. What's after porn?
10: <laughs> <laughs> we'll
11: documentary. Yeah,
4: yeah. smells a lot of tissues. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> okay. Um now what I want to bring up on that topic was um, also, a lot of the things we mentioned were free to air shows. Yeah, I don't think, as you were saying that there's any f- maybe there's not, we're not kids, but I don't think of any free to air shows that kids like the Sunday Simpsons I was talking about, every Monday at school be discussing The Simpsons,' yeah. be talking about what happened the yeah. last night on that episode, how funny was that, making the jokes, that kind of thing. I don't know if that happens anymore. No,
10: I mean, I, we would talk about like comedy, comedy was our kind of thing. so, um, yeah, the late show. Or yeah. frontline right. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We would talk TN. about, yeah. But again, that was just pre internet. Yep. And then, yeah, you know, kids these days. Yeah. Kids
4: these days. Now, part of that topic we wanted to bring up was asking to learn more about ourselves. What kind of shows do you guys watch now? What, what are you into at the moment?
10: I tend to watch what my wife tells me to on Netflix most of the time. Fair, fair play. So it's basically all the big popular ones on
1: netflix the various places you can find welcome to television include wooshka.com which is www.wooshkaa. the angry chimp past episodes can be found on stitcher theoretically and over at ozpodcast.com.au from australia and you can reach the show on twitter at welcome to tv pod w-e-l-c-o-m-e-t-o-t-v
4: Oh, Brad, I wish this moment could last forever.
0: Oh, I wish it would too, Letitia, but you'll have to excuse me. I have to go to the bathroom.
4: Jack Bauer wouldn't have to go to the bathroom, especially at a time like this.
0: Jack Bauer? The guy from 24?
4: In eight seasons, that guy saved the world over 23 times and never once had to spoil the moment by having to go to the bathroom?
0: Gee. I wish I could be more like Jack Bauer.
4: Me too, Brad. The wedding's off.
0: Now you can control your bladder just like TV special agent Jack Bauer with the Bowtrow from Henderson's. Modeled after the actual trousers worn by Jack Bauer of the hit TV show 24, the Bow Trow allows the wearer up to 24 hours of complete bowel and bladder control without pain, discomfort, or permanent damage to sensitive intestinal or urinary tracts. Before Bow trow, avoiding embarrassing moments like these could only be achieved after months of difficult exercises, painful catheterization, or bulky adult diapers. But now, thanks to the same fabrics used on U.S. government, restraining tables, the Trow gently but firmly puts that call of nature on hold, freeing you up to save the world or just your little piece of it.
4: It's a beautiful moon tonight, Brad.
0: And if you'll notice, we've been staring at it for over six hours.
4: Yes. Thank, Thank you, you
0: Bow Trow from Henderson's Innovation in Trousers and Pantaloons since 1896. And now back to more of...
1: The next offering for this show is a soundcast called Defunctland by Kevin Perjurer. The iTunes description reads, Join Defunctland creator Kevin Perjurer and guests as they discuss theme park attractions of the past, present, and future. Again, not a comedy soundcast, but quite interesting to anybody who's interested in the things I just mentioned. So Defunctland has been a soundcast on iTunes since August 14th of 2017, but my first experience with Defunctland as a program was a series of documentary videos on show creator Kevin Perjurer's YouTube channel. I have a bit of a fascination with amusement park rides and attractions, particularly dark rides and their designs. That's how I stumbled across this collection of entertainment. So this clip is from episode 5 from October 2nd, 2017, which is an interview with puppeteer, artist, and former Disney Imagineer Terry Harden, and features part of a longer story about what it was like working on the spectacular attraction from George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, and Michael Jackson, Captain EO, specifically working with Michael Jackson.
12: Finally, Michael comes in and he's followed by a huge entourage and he's so sorry. He's, 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 he's got this thing that happened or that thing that happened. He's so sorry he's late and he takes a seat. The only seat available was next to me. I have to tell you, puppeteers are stinkers. (laughs) We are always looking to do something fun and silly. Michael sits down. I say, hello. Hello. And he looks at me very surprised and says, hello. And I said, "Uh, are you all right? And he says, excuse me? And I said, are you okay? And he says, I'm okay. And he turns to Francis and says, excuse me, but may I record this reading? And Francis says, of course, Michael. Now, Michael has three people in his entourage. We will call them Hear No Evil, Speak No Evil, See No Evil. (laughs) Each one has a job, of which I don't know. But I automatically look to Michael to pull out a tape recorder and push record. But no, Hear No Evil runs from his position on the side of the theater, of the soundstage, forgive me. And places a microphone in the middle, pushes play and disappears. Whoosh recorder. Play. Whoosh gone. And I look at Michael and go, what the heck was that? And Michael says <laughs> And then we start to read. So as we're reading, everything is going along swimmingly, and then Michael Jackson has trouble and I look over and he's got the pages of the script all messed up. So, see evil runs forward, grabs the script, hands it to Michael. Gone. Whoosh. Fix the script. Whoosh. Gone. And I go, what the hey? And Michael looks at me and goes, Hee-h-h-h-h. and then he continues reading. So we continue on, and he says, I have brought you this. I have brought you this uh, 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 uh. and the third person, so we've seen here we've seen speak, I mean, we've seen see, so speak no evil, runs up, juice runs back, and so <laughs> whoosh, juice, whoosh, and i go okay that's it i 'm looking at michael that's it i've just never seen anything like this. Let me try, so I close my eyes and I go uh, 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 uh. And I open my eyes and go, where's my juice? (laughs) And Michael laughs and says, you're funny.
6: (laughs) When you actually did this uh, during the table, you weren't weren't even reading lines.
12: I'm not reading lines. I am being probably for Francis Ford Coppola. Francis has no idea what I'm doing. He's just like, what? I don't even know what he was thinking. But Michael was like, who is this person I got planted next to? I'm sure. So, so I said, where's my juice? And he says, you're funny. So later on in, in the, the reading, that's a
2: perfect impression, by the way.
12: Yeah. Well, he. So, so this was my first introduction to Michael. Then my second introduction was that Francis Ford Coppola likes to do improv with his actors, and I chased Michael all over the sound stage because I played a whip warrior and happened to work the whip very well. So I turned to Michael, I cracked the, whip, cracked the whip over his head, and said, "Run!" So I'm chasing him all over the sound stage, going, "Run, Michael! Run!" And he's like, "Oh!" oh <laughs> and Francis is like, Terry, we're not here to terrorize people. Cut it out and get over here. <laughs> so I came back over and I said, well, I was just getting into my character. And he's like, fine, whatever. But uh, but uh, uh, Michael was a very sweet, wonderful, generous, dear person. And he was about, in all due respect of, of music and everything, I'd say... If I talked to him like my 12-year-old son, we did great. So although he was only one year younger than I was at the time, he was very much a child, and but a really talented dancing, programming, music-designing, amazing uh, genius. Michael is just this energetic, sweet nut. In fact, he liked to play practical jokes on people. And because I would pretend to be affected by them, he was always tracking me down to play practical jokes.
1: Now, you can visit Defunctland at defunctland.com. That is is d-e-f-u-n-c-t-l-a-n-d.com. Now, host Kevin's goal is to recreate these defunct attractions in a virtual space so the public can get an idea of what it was like to experience them. Defunctland was also featured in an article on sci-fi.com, which you can find in this episode's description at www.succotashshow.com. You can also find the show at Podbean. And the YouTube channel can be found by searching Defunctland. And one more time, that is D-E-F-U-N-C-T-L-A-N-D. I personally hope that it really reaches his goal, because I'd love to visit some of these places that don't exist anymore in a virtual way, especially the way the virtual reality is going lately. And our final clip offering this evening is a show called This Sounds Serious. It's credited to CastBox and Kelly and Kelly. And that's not and kelly and kelly i'm not just saying and kelly twice i'm saying and kelly and kelly this soundcast is pretty new are you a fan of the first season of serial do you enjoy true crime programming including true crime soundcasts this is something like that let me to relate to the itunes description to you florida 2007 a famous local weatherman is found dead on his waterbed his brother calls 9 to report the murder This sets off a shocking series of events involving cults, boy bands, horses, and mistaken identity. From CastBox and the comedy producers behind Stop Podcasting Yourself, CBC's This Is That, and Dexter Guff, comes a story so believable it can't be true. I shouldn't say too much more at this point. Here's a clip from the very first episode published on iTunes on May 1st, 2018, titled The Call.
11: 911, what's your emergency? Uh, it's my brother. I uh, I think he's dead. Okay, please calm down, sir. What
13: happened? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, hi. Sir? Huh? Sorry, yeah, he's not breathing. He's, he won't wake up, and I... I think we need an ambulance here, right? to Two one four Park Lane. Okay, okay, sir, they're on their way. Are you okay? What? Are you okay? Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm uh, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Uh, I
11: need you to hang on the line, sir. Okay, what's your name? Uh, uh,
13: oh, please, please, hurry. Uh, sir, I need uh, you to calm
11: down. What's your name? Oh God! Sir, I need you to calm down. Okay, what is your name? Oh God.
13: Um, yeah, it's Daniel.
11: Okay,
13: Daniel, can you tell me what your brother's doing now? Oh, well, I I don't, he's in his bedroom. I, um, oh, I got to put the phone down. We don't have a cordless, so I, this is one of those situations where, oh, I'm going to put the phone down. I'm not hanging up. Just, uh, hold on one second. Okay. Oh, God. How do we get that cordless? Hello, this is Daniel
11: hi daniel um
13: what- yeah he's dead he's um he's face down in his bed and i'm i'm poking him pretty hard here and uh, it would be very unlike him to not respond to this kind of poking so oh, oh he's dead he's dead and there's water everywhere oh what do you mean there's water
11: <laughs> sir what do you mean there's water
13: Oh, I'm standing in it. I mean, oh, I don't even know if it's safe to hold the phone because I'm standing in this water. It's it's on the carpet. It's on the floor. It's everywhere. Oh, I need to be grounded. Hang on one second, please.
11: Sir? Sir, can you come back to the phone? Okay. Hi.
13: Um, okay. What were we talking about, even?
11: You said there was water.
13: Uh, Huh?
11: You said there was water, sir? What's happening with the water?
13: Yeah. What? Oh, no, 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 no. There's something else. It was the floor, the carpet. In... Oh, he's dead. Oh, God, my Wait, brother's Daniel, dead.
11: Daniel, I need you to pay attention and <laughs> answer me. Is there anyone else in the residence?
13: Yeah, I know. I know. Listen, do you, do you know? Oh, I mean, am I doing a bad job of this? I mean, you hear these all the time, and I just feel like I'm not even, I'm not being helpful, and I just, I don't even know if you guys do an employee evaluation afterwards, but I'm happy to take it because, honestly, you've been, Nothing but a pleasure. Okay,
11: that's not it's necessary. It's been me
13: that's been making a mockery of this whole thing.
11: <laughs> okay, Daniel, I'm gonna need you to call. Oh, my brother's so dead. Daniel, what's your brother's name?
13: Oh, Chuck. Yeah. Why do you do you know him?
11: Um, I don't think so. I just want hold to make on. sure. Hold
13: on, I gotta put the phone down again. I just wanna hold Sir, on. Sir, I'm
11: gonna need you to remain on the line.
13: No, never mind. I thought I saw something move, but it wasn't at all. He's still just. Perfectly still and dead, I guess.
11: Okay, sir. We're on our way, okay? Um, you said his name was Chuck?
13: Yeah, it's Chuck, yeah. Um, Chuck Bronstad, the weatherman.
14: That's the 911 call placed to Orange County Emergency Services on Saturday, January 13th, 2007, the morning Chuck Bronstad's body was discovered and ultimately declared dead under suspicious circumstances. My name is Gwen Radford. I've always been fascinated with 911 calls. Hearing a 911 call is like jumping into a book right at the climax. 911, what's your emergency? 911, what's your emergency? 911, what's your emergency? Then I try to figure out the rest of the story. Is she breathing? Is the man still there? Where are you located? Every week, I listen to about 30 hours of 911 calls. They're available to the public. Some are silly.
12: Do you know CPR, not who CCR is?
14: Some are scary. And some are just bizarre.
9: My, my my foot is stuck in a drain, but more importantly, my wife is dead. I fired a crossbow out my window and looks
0: like I hit a neighbor.
11: So, like, how bad does it have to be to send a police
14: officer, a male one, six feet, maybe blonde, I'm stuck in bed? Over the years, I've heard about 40,000 hours of calls, and I have them all archived. Cataloged by date, incident, location, murders, assaults, car accidents, fires.
9: I I may have started a small forest fire in the brush behind my, my house.
14: I don't think of myself as obsessed. It's just the way my brain works. There's so much you can learn from a 911 call. The tone of voice, the breathing. What happened before the call? Why did the caller choose this moment to pick up the phone and dial it? What are they trying not to say? Uh, How do you know if you have, you know, you may
11: have burglared something or somebody's house?
14: But after all the thousands of 911 calls that I've listened to, there is one that I can't shake.
13: The weatherman. The weatherman? Yes, the weatherman in, 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 in on television and in real life, so this is a bit of a thing.
14: The yeah. call that Daniel Bronstad made to report his brother's death has been rattling around in my head for a decade.
13: I'm it, do you Calm live? down. Do you could, can you get a glass of water? Are you close to your kitchen? Well, I'm not going to get a glass of water. The water all over the floor. It's just a reminder of what's happened to my brother. Glass of water.
14: Who is this guy, and what is happening on this call? As
1: of right now, there are four episodes, and if they're as fun as the first one, then I look forward to hearing more. The show appears to be hosted on Audio Boom, and you can listen to more episodes as they come out on Stitcher, CastBox, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Or you can go to www.thissoundserious.com and listen, learn more about the show, and even email the show at hello at kellykelly.ca. That is H-E-L-L-O at K-E-L-L-Y-K-E-L-L-Y dot C-A. Well, it's over. Not for good, but for now. That clown in the sky has begun to cry his bizarre, painted-on-tears, but I'm pretty sure it's just from coasting downhill on a bicycle without adequate eye protection. Like goggles. Regular glasses wouldn't cut it, and... Well, when's the last time you saw a clown wearing glasses? Aside from those ones in me on my SoundCloud and Instagram profiles, that is. It's a rhetorical question. The point is, I've got no more show for you at the moment, and I'm just stalling for time. I have fun doing this. So for the gang here, with the word here in quotation marks and this little bit, parentheses... I've been Tyson Sainer, attempting to bring little bits of the audio parts of the internet to you, so you may perhaps be interested to find those shows on your own, or ones I haven't discovered yet, and believe me, there's thousands. I've put that in all caps for emphasis, so you know I'm serious. If you've enjoyed the time we spent here, I'm very glad to imagine that. It means I'm doing my job. So until next time, I'll bid you a fond farewell, and, if I could, remind you to have fun in your life when and if you are able, and if you would, also remember to please pass the secateurs
0: You've been listening to Suckatash Clips, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Tyson Sainer. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on Donder, on Blitzen, on iHot Radio, and on <laughs> a laughable app. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook, Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at TysonSaner at SuckatashShow.com Or call into the Succotash Hotline at our toll call number... 818-921-7212 818-921-7212 That number again is 818-921-7212 You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us by using our direct upload link at itale.com u Suckatash Production of Suckatash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito Hosted by Tyson Sainer Our executive producer is Mark Hershon. Our musical director is Scott Carvey Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.